0: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 31st, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Very thankful to be broadcasting on the final day of 2020 because we need to get this shit over with. We are joined by Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Steve, thank you for being with us today to put a bow on 2020.
1: Daniel, good morning. We're going full PG-13, I see, uh, with with our show, and those are my favorite kind of shows. We got snow on the ground. I hope there's enough for me to make a snowman with my kids today. I'm not sure there is. I'm excited for these bowl games. I'm cooking a prime rib tomorrow. We're going to get down with some ball.
0: If every recruit in the country that Steve has to cover could take tomorrow off, that would be helpful. On another note, Ohio State and Clemson will meet in the Sugar Bowl tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m., down in the bayou. It's going to be ridiculous. We're going to get into some recruiting. We will tackle that matchup after the break and even take a little look at Notre Dame, Alabama with South Bend native Steve Wiltfong. But first, Steve, on Saturday, Florida defensive back Jaheem Singletary will announce his commitment. Many crystal balls rolling towards Columbus. We've got a tremendous breakdown of Singletary on the site right now, courtesy of in-house scout Mark Porter. What do you think of Jaheim Singletary, and do you think he'll be a Buckeye?
1: I do think he'll be a Buckeye. You know, um, I, I think when Ohio State offered no, in November, uh, they they quickly shot to the top of the list alongside Clemson and Florida, and I think over the last month, just the relationship built with, with Tony Alford and Coach Combs and, and Ryan Day and seeing people come from Jacksonville and have success uh, at Ohio state on the field, but also just enjoy their experience off the field. I think has put Ohio state in in terrific spot to, to land Jaheem Singletary. And I, I like the Buckeyes going into his commitment.
0: He's obviously highly rated. What do you think of him as a player?
1: Well, he's got all the traits you're looking for at the position. I mean, he is incredibly long and, and uh, is just a, uh, a formidable looking dude uh, in, in the secondary already you know, he's a guy that's uh, turned the ball over quite a bit over the course of his career as a as what will be a four year varsity starter uh, but he's you know he's strong at the point of attack he he has a nose for the football and he's just smooth uh, on the back end and, and and with all that being said, you know still has a lot of development in the tank.
0: As we head into the Clemson game and the discussion of Ohio State's secondary is prevalent, we know you cannot have enough good corners. They tend to leave early when they're good, especially at Ohio State. So a commitment from Jaheim Singletary on Saturday would be glorious. Let's yin and yang this a little bit. Actually, in the class of 2021, John Davis, a lot of crystal balls are now flowing west.
1: Ohio State's in the picture, and I think that they have a lot of what he's looking for in a school, particularly on the field. Uh, but with the decommitment from LSU, uh, the crystal ball has quickly flowed towards USC, including my forecast. Uh, maybe the Buckeyes are the dark horse in this recruitment. I think Oregon's lurking as well. Um, uh, and I, I, I think that the door is open for some other teams, but right now I still like USC
0: and, and we'll see if, if Ohio State um, can, can make a move there. Here's a name you sent to me that was not on my radar, wide receiver, and I went and checked out some tape. Very impressive. has a tremendous offer list, so we're not alone in that assessment. Kojo Antwi. Is that pronounced correctly?
1: I believe so. Out of Sewanee, Georgia, Lambert High, a four-star receiver, a guy that college coaches are buzzing about right now. Uh, uh, He dropped his top eight schools uh, over the, or dropped his top eight schools yesterday. Ohio State was part of that. I think he's a guy that the Buckeyes covet, and, and he's talking often with Brian Hartline. And, and we talked about this a little bit on the show uh, this month. You know, if, if if Ohio State, Ohio State's basically drafting at the position, and if they covet you, Chances are you're pretty elite. You're certainly elite in the Woody. Kojo's a guy that they're all in on early in the process, and, and it looks like they'll have a really good shot to get him. Family's incredibly successful, too. I, I believe his dad's a brain surgeon.
0: Last name we're going to talk about before the break Tyler Booker, offensive lineman from IMG. Give us the latest.
1: Tyler Bur- Booker is releasing his top schools today. As he's noted on Twitter, I expect Ohio State to be in there, and I think the Buckeyes are near the top of that list with the likes of Florida and Georgia and Penn State, so that's a guy that you all will want to get to know and, and track closely. I think just the Big Ten style of play, uh, uh, the, the ferocity at the point of attack, I think those are, those are, are, are things that he, he loves about Ohio State early on.
0: Okay, everybody take a break, grab a beverage, <laughs> come back, and we're going to talk Ohio State-Clemson.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Steve, we are back. Ohio State is, in most places, a a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in tomorrow night's Sugar Bowl matchup against Clemson. These teams know each other quite well. Uh, The coaches know each other well. What is your vibe heading into the game? Did that spread
1: move after Tony Elliott, Clemson's offensive coordinator, uh, was ruled out with covid
0: I was going to ask you what effect you thought that would have on the game. As you mentioned, Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott will not be at the game. He did test positive for the COVID. I do not believe it has affected the spread. It opened at six and a half and moved to seven and a half because most of the early money was on Clemson. Are you saying you think the Tony Elliott loss will have a serious negative effect for the Dabo's?
1: I mean, I don't know. I do know that the strength of good offensive coordinators is to create matchups that allow your best players to expose a weakness on the other side of the ball. And um, Clemson now goes into this game with someone that's unproven in that role, right? And, and so when you're moving your pieces on the chessboard and create mismatches throughout the game, Clemson now has a green play caller there, so I think it's something to monitor. But hey, you know the guy who steps up in the role. I think I read it's Coach Streeter. Perhaps he'll be excellent as well. Perhaps I'm overthinking it. But you know, if you can if you can motion people into a mismatch and, and get you know Travis Entian or or Amari Rogers or someone into something favorable, you know, I mean those are those are the plays that. You know, are the difference in 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 tight games, and so I do think that's something to to keep an eye on. That's not earth shattering analysis there, um, but I I, um, I I I I that did raise an eyebrow for me that Clemson is now not going in full strength. Their coaching staff that just has such great cohesion. There hasn't been much turnover uh, over there with their play callers, and 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 so. Um, you know, we'll see what they can do now under, under these circumstances. I liked Clemson coming into the game. Um, I, I think it's going to be just as close as it was last year and, and could go either way in, in the fourth quarter and, and we'll see who makes the plays at the end to get it done.
0: I don't think missing Elliot will be a big deal for Clemson unless the game gets super tight late and the new guy is calling plays as the temperature rises. My guess is that could create some nervousness. Those of you conspiracy theorists who think the dude's going to call the game from his hotel room know that you can't do that. We went through this with Ryan Day once before this season. You have to cut off all communication. So there will be a different signal caller for Clemson, and it will not be Tony Elliott. Give me a score.
1: Um, Clemson 31, Ohio
0: State 28. Okay, I have it as Ohio State 33, Clemson 24. I think Ohio State will be able to get it done. I don't think this team is as good as it was last year. I don't, I don't think Clemson is either. I just think Ohio State needs to play a crisp game. No drop passes, no silly mistakes. Go out there and let your talent speak for itself.
1: I just like Clemson with their defense being ranked fifth, fifth nationally total defense, and they played against some teams that could put up some put up some numbers and, and, and put up some points and, and that's why I give them the, the slight edge going into the ball game.
0: Clemson, if they have a weakness though, it's in the interior of their offensive line. I think the strength of Ohio State is their defensive line, especially the interior. And I think Haskell, Garrett, and Tommy Togi are gonna to take out the co MVP trophy if there even was one. And just before we get out, you are a South Bend native when Ohio State beats Clemson, who will they face in the championship?
1: Well, I think they're going to face Alabama. I don't know how anyone could not predict Bama, especially someone like me who rarely picks the underdog, if ever. Um, I do think that Alabama has shown that they can give up some points, so maybe Notre Dame will be able to create – maybe Notre Dame will be able to score and, and make the game interesting like an Ole Miss or a, a Florida did. Uh, um, but I just, uh, I mean, Alabama's got way too much on offense. You lose Jalen Votto and you're still putting up monster numbers. Their offensive line's terrific. Although they had an injury there uh, in the SEC title game, that maybe is big. I think Notre Dame has a bright defensive coordinator, obviously and Clark Lee who just got the head job at Vandy and they'll be prepared, but I just don't know if they got the secondary to match up with those studs that Al- Alabama's going to run out at wide out and, uh, Mac Jones has just made every right decision all year. The game's moving in slow motion for him. I do think that Alabama's defense has allowed some teams to make games interesting. And so maybe this game will be worth watching from that standpoint that it won't be a blowout. Uh, But I I like Bama uh, to move on and and, and face Clemson or Ohio State in the finale.
0: I can't argue with that. I will say watching Florida versus Oklahoma gave me some pause, but
1: coming out after the game and saying it was, you know, the scout team, but in the same week talking about what an honor it was to be at the cotton bowl. You gotta, you gotta pick your side before the game. Right. I'm not a Dan Mullen guy per se. Um, You just can't, I mean, you can't, I mean, it is what it is. Like let the reader or let the watchers decide what the game would have been. It's obvious that you're missing your top three receivers and you had guys opt out on defense. I get it. I get it all, but man, his post-game presser was
0: uh, something. He's had a whiny year, let's just say that.
1: If he would have came into the Cotton Bowl and said, hey, this is going to be a tremendous opportunity for us to play some young kids against a great football team like Oklahoma, hey, man, you can say what you want to say after the game. You know, But, but uh, uh, he didn't say that.
0: It looks to me like Florida's – you know, team meeting before the game was one, two, three, Cancun. They were checked out. So they got the result they probably deserved. We appreciate Steve stopping by. We appreciate all Bucknutters being part of the show in 2020. It was a tumultuous year to say the least, but Ohio State has persevered and tomorrow plays in the nightcap because that's what they do. Have a good one, Bucknutters.
1: Take care, y'all. See you on the front row.